This is Connected Nation, an award-winning podcast focused on all things broadband. From closing the digital divide to improving your internet speeds, we talk technology topics that impact all of us, our families, and our neighborhoods. On today's podcast, we get a new perspective on internet access in America from the point of view of tribal governments. The Oklahoma Broadband Office took a break from its Let's Get Digital Oklahoma Broadband Tour to host an Internet for All event in Tulsa on May 24th. During that event, they convened a panel of five tribal representatives, a discussion that we're bringing to you in its entirety, so this group of Native Americans can share in their own words what they're already doing to connect reservations across Oklahoma and what support is needed from federal and state governments. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Connected Nation. Okay, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, So I'm going to first ask um, everyone on this panel to please introduce yourselves. Tell us what tribe you're from. Um, If you want to give us a fun fact, tell us your favorite ice cream flavor. Uh, That'd be awesome. Hi, guys. It's me again. (laughs) Charlotte Wetzline with the Shinerable Tribes Judicial Branch Court Administrator. And what is your favorite ice cream? No, no, no. Chocolate. <laughs> Hi again, Carissa James from the Sharnico Tribes. Um, I am an Ohio State fan. <laughs> uh, John Dogbaum, uh, Kiowa Broadband Coordinator, and I love vanilla. <laughs> okay, Micah White, I'm with the uh, Tribal Utility Authority for Muscogee Creek Nation. Uh, I prefer birthday cake ice cream. Shay, I am Zachariah Harja. I'm the Acting Secretary of the Nation for Muskogee Nation. Um, I manage one of the many things, um, including the TUA. Fun fact, um, I'm br- brushing off the dust from my tennis rackets, and I'm playing a tournament this weekend. I played college tennis. It's been about eight years. That's awesome. Okay, perfect. So, on this particular panel, we are going to focus on the tribal component of all of this broadband expansion. Um, as you may or may not know, but a a third of our state is tribal land, um, which we are pretty unique in that here in Oklahoma. So we wanted to give um, some of our tribal members the opportunity to chat about what they're doing for broadband um, and their nation, but then also if there's anything that the state can do, ISPs can do as we continue this build out, we want to have an open dialogue about that. Um, So my first question to you all is, are there any particular challenges regarding coordination between either tribal community to tribal community, tribal community to state, tribal community to ISP um, that you're all experiencing? And if so, do you have any requests, any suggestions on solutions? How can we help you? So we actually have, um, many people on the eastern side of the state might be familiar with the five tribes and the intertribal council of the five tribes. We've had a excellent working group um, since as long as there's been federal funding available to tribes. And it's been you know, quite refreshing to be able to work through all these things between our governments. Uh, we're very similarly set up, but uh, talking about these very technical and advanced uh, federal funding opportunities, it's been great to bounce them off of other, other tribes and knowing you know, what we're all doing jointly is, um, has helped coordinate everything moving forward. But um, my, our, our suggestion for a long time has always been 
um, that we should probably be working towards a tribal working group in general, not just for the five tribes, of course, but all tribes throughout the state. Um, and oftentimes on the tribal side, we find it easier to uh, communicate with each other than uh, non-tribal entities before we move forward with uh, non-tribal partnerships. And um, giving that technical assistance across the board um, with different, different capacities between tribes has been one of the most fruitful things that we've experienced working directly with other tribes. But as we expand to uh, work with the state more <clears throat> and our non-tribal partners, uh, particularly in the rural areas, there are a number of things that have occurred recently with the OML that I think is really kind of creating that, um, I guess, at the local and grassroots level, that coordination between tribal governments, municipal partners, and then um, the independent ISPs. So it's been quite a work in progress, but I think all the things that we have going on currently with the OML and um, the intention uh, to hopefully set up some sort of tribal working group throughout the state uh, for all the broadband affairs and whatnot, um, <clears throat> those should all you know, combine and coordinate together at some point. And I know it's all still in the works, but um, some of the challenges, of course, we face um, are going to be the differing capacities of every tribe. And not just every tribe, but all of our uh, corresponding municipal partners. Not everyone has all the technical people on staff, from engineers, um, or even people that just know how to run an ISP. And so, um, <clears throat> as we worked through and putting together different planning and projects, Internally, you know, within the Muscogee Nation, and then seeing, like I said, what our partner tribes are doing, um, that's helped us kind of troubleshoot a lot of the issues that we've run into so far. And so, for anyone that's struggling with that, um, I think it's you know, your your best bet is going to reach out to people that have already started resolving those issues that you might be facing. And you know, the only way that happens is through communication. Broadband communication—what a novel concept. <laughs> Anybody else want to touch on that? Okay. Uh, yeah, we um, are in the phase of trying to reapply for the second round of TCBP or TBCP, and well, in this effort, uh, we've been um, working closely with the Oklahoma Broadband Office, and they've been very supportive in our efforts and trying to assist us in wherever we're at within the, the, the efforts that we're putting out right now. And uh, we want to work with the other tribes in our area, which is the Wichita's, Caddo's, Delaware's, Apaches, Fort Sill Apaches, and to make sure that when we do apply for this next round of funding, that we're not over overlapping in our application process because that uh, brings up a red flag. So uh, it, uh, we are still in the in the efforts of trying to pull everybody together and kind of formulate a coalition so that we can strengthen our voice and our efforts to try to uh, make sure that we're going to get the fundings for what we intend to do with uh, these grant monies. And that effort uh, is still ongoing, and I would encourage any any other tribes throughout Oklahoma to be able to come together, and, and maybe eventually we'll have all 39 to formulate a coalition which strengthens our our um, our desires to be part of being able to put out uh, broadband as an ISP, as a CLIC, ILIC. And so that's uh, what our aim is, and, um, and I think um, being able to communicate with the other tribes and um, get real involvement is uh, only going to be better better our, our efforts as well as uh, you know provide get the service out there that's needed in these these rural areas 
And just for the audience, if you aren't familiar, the TBCP program is a program through NTIA, which is the Tribal Broadband Connectivity Program, which specifically is funding that goes to tribal nations to connect tribal households. So just a little background. So I guess with, with the Shine Ripple tribes, um, collectively our tribe um, holds the largest um, <coughs> tribal land base in the state of Oklahoma. So we are um, west of I-35, north of I-40. So the Northwest Corridor, we don't have any other tribes in our area, it's just the Cheyenne Arco tribes. And so we're more rural, and so getting connectivity to um, tribal members, people who reside within our communities, within our jurisdiction, is you know one of the push to um, you know, get them connected. Um, right now, you know, that, that deals with like healthcare, um, 911 accessibility, um, education, connectivity issues, you know, those are things within a tribe that we are kind of faced with right now. Um, being able to partner with other tribes and build coalitions is something great and that's something that we would like to do, you know, as a goal, um, but then also working with the state too. So um, that's the, the background for Shine Arco tribes, um, like the Colorado Nation is, is doing, you know, they're writing for grants to help um, build their infrastructure and maintain it, and that's the idea with our tribe. Um, strategically, I don't have the, our exact plans and what we're doing, but that is the idea um, for the Shine Arco tribe. Okay, so moving on to our next question. Um, so I know a, a few of you had mentioned um, coalitions that are being built. Uh, what successes have you all seen come as a result of either partnerships between other tribes or um, state government, federal government, outside nonprofits? Um, can you all speak a little bit on some of the successes that you've seen through partnership? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I have noticed in a lot of the development that we've had with respect to broadband is that there has been much more open conversation. Uh, there's been much more willingness to understand the uniqueness that is tribal governments and tribal enterprises. And we have started to have a lot more meaningful conversation amongst the various tribes in addition with the ISPs and, and various people who are playing roles throughout this entire uh, process. And so having that open conversation has allowed people to uh, also coordinate their efforts, making sure that like uh, the gentleman to my right had said, there's not a duplication of efforts here. Um, and it's also normalized a lot of these discussions as well. It, it's taken a lot of the ambiguity out of those conversations so that uh, people can start to approach this from a collective standpoint rather than a competitive standpoint. I love that. I think as we've seen with broadband specifically, there's so much money and there's enough of the pie to go around to everyone and everyone wants to see this successful. I don't think that there's anyone who wants to see this fail and we all know that we have one shot at doing this and it's much better if we do it together than try and do it individually. I would just add quickly to that, <clears throat> or those comments, that it's been great to work with, you know, a coalition of tribes uh, because 
you know, when we see one of our uh, partner tribes successful, it helps us troubleshoot things in our application that we could change for our application to, to then be accepted uh, at a later date or a different round of funding. So uh, it's been great to, to help work through because there are things that we all bring to the table that we might have advanced knowledge the others may not. Um, and from there, we can kind of catch each other up. So that's been another successful uh, part of the, the coordination and collaboration that, that has occurred so far. Um, are there any actions um, that can be taken, be it from other tribal entities, from state or local government, from private business? Um, is there anything that we can do to reduce barriers as you all continue um, building out this infrastructure, teaching the digital, digital li literacy skills, the workforce component? Um, is there anything that we can do to make this process easier for you all? For where we're at right now, the Cotwood Tribe, we are um, making our second attempt in this application process. And we weren't prepared um, to be able to go in and, and do all the, get the right grant right in place, and do the technical writing. And so these kind of meetings are very helpful in, in helping us to, um, uh, what Oklahoma Broadband is doing, the Broadband Office is doing, is reaching out and saying, what can we do, what can, how we can help you. Um, it's been, there is another office that uh, I guess we're headed by Margaret and Isabella mm -hmm. for for tribes to reach out to to help with that application process, and so that is helpful. I just wanted to, uh, the tribes to know that the, that kind of assistance is out there, and so that is very helpful, so that we can get familiar with it. And we're not, uh, and you haven't done this before, so you're intimidated by the process. And a 92-page um, um, application is pretty intimidating, so. Uh, there is things that can be done and, that, and the help that uh, has come from the Oklahoma Broadband Office, uh, such as uh, the consultations with we, which we had earlier this month. They actually come out and visit with you and, and try to find out what, it, what your needs are in order to keep going forward and being prepared. And I think being prepared is going to be the key for when this NOFO comes out. Uh, instead of waiting for uh, it to come out and then try to figure out what to do, uh, we are trying, we have already got a grant writing in place with experience and uh, the past that has been successful with other tribes and getting funding. Um, we've also brought on some technical assistance for, uh, the, for people that actually do this to be able, available to the grant writer and help with uh, some of the narrative that has to be put together to know what it is, what your demographics are. So it's pretty detailed and, and we're trying to make the preparations to be uh, ready for it when we come out because it is going to be competitive and we do want to be able to make sure that uh, Work at, at the you know uh, at at the front of the line or you know close to the front line so we can uh, get reviewed, get funded, and get busy. So, but uh, I think that's something that's really key to be able to get those who uh, are wanting to participate to be prepared for it, and we want to encourage other tribes to be prepared for it. We want to encourage other tribes to participate and know what it is and what's involved in it. And how it can affect their community and as well as their uh, their their economy. So it, that that has kind of been hard. It has been hard to be able to reach out to tribes and get their interest and get a representative because some tribes don't even have an IT department. And I think that's that shouldn't stop them from trying to participate. And uh, the OBO has been very helpful in trying trying to um, uh, assist in getting involvement. And um, 
And so we're still in that effort. Uh, we're still in that phase of trying to get people out there, or get people to get involved. And, and, uh, and it hasn't been easy, but we're not through trying yet, so we'll keep going forward. Anyone else? Bueller? No. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Um, so I think with anything that you're trying to build and to be successful in, you've got to build relationships, whether that's um, tribe to tribe or state. I know that the Oklahoma Broadband Office has been really great for us. Um, it's an entity that we reach out. They ask us for information. We're getting information from them. You know, that's kind of broadening our spectrum with the Shine Arkle Tribe, um, especially what we're doing with our training um, site that we have. And so building upon relationships and understanding that you know we're open you know if anyone wants to come and discuss any type of level or facet that you guys are interested in maybe that the tribe can collaborate with you know just trying to build upon those relationships i think that's very 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 important um, moving forward especially with any any office throughout the state so um i just wanted to throw that in there an unfortunate reality that it's all about who you know um, and as we continue this definitely those partnerships are going to be very important we have such a short timeline and a lot to do um, and to get done um, so I think we have time for a couple of questions if the audience has anything that they would like to ask on a on, from a tribal perspective When you coordinate or, or say you're going to sit down with, a, with an ISP, what kind of information do you want from an ISP? What are you, what are you looking for? What, what, what uh, kind of information do you want to hear about? Well, it really depends on the intention and capacity of the tribe that's applying or the entity that's applying. Um, <clears throat> when we first started uh, this process, I was just telling Micah, I, I was thrown to the wolves to FCC starting in 2019. Um, and at that time, we weren't set up to be our own ISP. And, and it wasn't until probably the last two years that uh, with the tribal utility that we've established um, that that route became more of an option. But certainly there are other tribes that are more or less advanced than that. And so it just depends on what their intention is. So um, many tribes you know, began this process without the uh, intention or ability for themselves to be an ISP. So their relationship with an ISP is uh, technical in nature and that they're vertically integrating their staff to be able to uh, take over things at some point. And um, that's probably gonna be across the board with the exception of a, of a few tribes. Um, the practice in place typically is, you know, you, you work with an ISP who has the inherent knowledge and the capa uh, capacity to own and op or not own but operate and manage the infrastructure until you know, the recipient government or a tribe um, is able to take it over themselves. So um, those conversations, you know, um, vary wildly, but it really depends on, like I said, the capacity of the of the applicant themselves. One thing I would add to that too is the fact that this is not going to be a one size fits all approach. Um, the the problems that we have before us are something that's going to take a collective effort and so coming to those conversations is really about what 
the definition of the relationship is going to be. You know, there, there may be options where tribes may be looking to actually build some of the infrastructure in some of these harder to reach areas, and then there may be other things where, you know, an ISP has a project that's teed up and ready to go, and they just are trying to get to that, that threshold of the cost per pass to make that work. Um, there may be opportunities for joint ventures, or there may be leasing opportunities, or it all really depends on what the actual project and accomplishment is that you're trying to get uh, identified and, and solved. Uh, same thing with the workforce, you know, as the panel was talking about earlier, everybody is going to be dealing with the workforce uh, shortfall whenever all of this money starts flowing and the projects get underway. And so, um, coming to the conversation, looking for any and every type of opportunity, knowing that every accomplishment is probably not going to look the same, even if you're working with the same partner on across all the projects. I kind of wanted to mention, kind of touch on um, the gentleman here to my left just mentioned, for us here in the Shinerco tribes, we're in the northwest corridor of the state. We kind of, we have, when we mention largest land base, we're talking about, we have the largest amount of trust property in the whole state of Oklahoma. We cover almost 10 counties, the whole northwest corridor. So you got to remember as ISPs, you know, like mentioned before, you know, there may be that opportunity for us to build infrastructure. Um, of course, you always, you know, want to work on those relationships with tribes. Tribes are always willing to work with you guys. Um, it's just maintaining, trying to get it, you know, just establishing those relationships. Um, the other thing is with us, for instance, um, we're so spread out. You know, you have BIA, you have all those other factions when it comes to leasing that you need to also think of and worry, you know, also be willing to work with those relationships as well. And I know people sometimes uh, forget that aspect of it. So definitely working with especially a tribal nation like us in the Swanson's Corridor, I mean, we, we have those relationships obviously with BIA, you know, those are something you would have to look at too developing. This is just part one of our coverage of the Internet for All event that took place in Tulsa. In part two, we'll focus on a growing need to have trained workers who understand broadband infrastructure, maintenance, and other technical needs that come with expanding Internet access. Learn why educational organizations are concerned that the federal rules around grant monies are not keeping up with the growing and immediate need and how they'd like internet service providers and workforce development groups to help. I'm Jessica Denson. Thanks for listening to Connected Nation. If you like our show and want to know more about us, head to connectednation.org or look for the latest episodes of Connected Nation on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Pandora, or Spotify.